I'm kind of like Peter. It was his Galilean brogue that gave him away sitting by the fire. Uh, my accent out here quickly gives me away. And uh, I'm still, even to this day, I meet someone, where are you from? And I say, South Dakota. No, no, you're not from South Dakota. So I'm originally from North Carolina. My wife, Sherry, she's sitting back here. We both grew up in North Carolina. And uh, we bowed toward Chapel Hill three times a day. Uh, We are Tar Heels to the bone. But uh, that's exactly right. I've enjoyed it. Our family, we have three boys. And uh, I grew up in a family of four boys. Pastor said he had three boys. and or Four boys and one girl or three boys? Three, three boys and one girl. I grew up in a family of four boys. I was the oldest. <clears throat> so when Sherry and I got married, I naturally wanted a girl. But our son Tim came along. And so we thought, well, we'll get a girl next time. But then our son Terry came along. And we thought one more try and... We'd get a girl, and our son Tracy came along. So we thought, well, we'll have to wait for a granddaughter. Well, Tyler was born, and then Tanner was born, and then Tucker was born, and then Trevor was born. So it was Tim, Terry, Tyler, Terry, I can't even think of them all myself. Our boys, Tim, Terry, Tracy, Tyler, Tanner, Tucker, and Trevor. And I said something one day, somebody one day, I said, if we ever got a girl, the only name we could give her is thanks. And so, (laughs) but we ended up, we finally got two granddaughters and two great-granddaughters. They have started piling up on us, and so we're thankful. But we have been here. We have enjoyed living in South Dakota. I pastored in the uh, Chattanooga area for 30-some years. And uh, the church that I pastored in, I, I thought I would spend my whole life there. I had no reason to leave. There was no cause to re- leave. The church was uh, growing. God was blessing. And so we were very happy there. But I was invited to visit a reservation in New Mexico. Uh, some missionaries were holding a meeting and with the objective of getting a church started from that meeting on the reservation. So they invited me to come. And uh, I went. And to confess to you, be more honest, <clears throat> I was more excited about going west. My wife and I had driven west several years before and had fallen in love with driving across the country in the western uh, atmosphere and everything. So I was more excited about going west than I was doing a tent meeting. People get excited about tent meetings. Uh, I don't get excited about them. I don't care much about eating bugs and flies and stuff. But a lot of people like camp meetings and open air meetings. But I went not knowing that my whole life would be altered in that week. Uh, I grew up, you folks live not far from the borders of a Native American or an Indian reservation. Most of you have been around them your whole life. I did not grow up in the mountains of North Carolina around Indians or Native Americans. So if you mention Native Americans to me in those days, my mind automatically connected to the past. I'd think of... uh, Setting Bull or 
coaches or something like that. I just my mind would connect to the past, not not anything to the present, until I visited that reservation, the Mescalera Apache Reservation, and uh, God really broke my heart that day or that week because I saw in so many eyes an emptiness uh, that I'd never seen anywhere else and a need that I'd never seen anywhere else. Tons of problems. You're very familiar with the problems. But uh, I just saw a spiritual need there that I had not recognized anywhere. And uh, I just couldn't get away from it. And I came, went back as a pastor and got involved in helping Native American missionaries. We built church buildings for missionaries. Uh, We took them on for support. I I got involved every way I could uh, to help Native American works across the country. But eventually I realized that the Lord wanted more than just a part of me. He wanted all of me. So in September of 2008, we left our church and just stepped out by faith We helped missionaries during the summer, and then eventually uh, God called us to Pine Ridge. Nobody was coming here. And I had someone say to me one time, somebody actually that grew up on Pine Ridge, they said, oh, you don't want to go to Pine Ridge. And they began talking about all the problems. And I told my wife, I said, that's where somebody needs to be going. If it's that bad, somebody needs to be going there. So we began deputation and packed everything and moved 1,400 miles out here and uh, got here in May of 2012. It's become home, and we're thankful for all that God has done on the reservation. And we appreciate your prayers and pray for us that uh, the Lord will continue to bless. We are thankful for, for everyone that has got saved, and I can spend the rest of the night just telling you story after story after story of those that God has saved. But we're thankful for it. Thankful that he called us. Let us do what we're doing. We're often asked, why would you go to a reservation? Do you live on a reservation? We do. Why? Why would you do that? Uh, Don't you feel unsafe? And we always say no. Uh, We're just thankful that God let us do this. We feel like it's his call in our lives and we're honored to do it, so we're very thankful. I got the card of the... Is, is it scary? You say scary? scary yes, sir. You're going to Sardina, Italy. Yes, sir. That's great. I preached years ago uh, just north of Naples in a military church. And uh, that is... There is such a need in Italy. I'm glad God has called you. Uh, the darkness over there through Catholicism and everything is amazing. So... I got your card. We're going to be praying for you. I was very thrilled when I, I saw that. I want to read to you some scripture. I know this is a Valentine banquet, <clears throat> and so I'm not going to keep you all night. Now, I know us Southern boys have our reputation for holding churches hostage, but I am not going to do that tonight. I'm not in that vein, so I will not keep you long. And uh, But I thought about... Everything. I, I thought about the night and uh, what should we think about. And of course, we, Valentine's uh, connects us to each other, our feelings, our affections, our heart, and all of those kind of things. But my heart was drawn to a passage in Second Corinthians 8. And it's in the context of giving. 
Now, I'm not going to talk to you about giving. Like I say, I understand there's two things that will get you in trouble. That's get between a Baptist and their food and get between a Baptist and their pocketbook. I mean, blessed is he who dodges those things, for he shall be invited back again. So I'm going to be <laughs> mindful of that. <clears throat> but there is a statement that is made. Paul said, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. How then in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record. Yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. Praying with us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did, not as we hope. But here's the statement. But first gave their own selves unto the Lord and unto us by the will of God. I'll come back to that statement in a moment. Valentine's, as you know, there's symbols that become entrenched in what we know as Valentine's Day. Uh, the heart, Cupid with its er- his era. Uh, the doves, candy has become a part of Valentine's, flowers and all these things. But it's really about expressing love to each other and expressing love to one another. You know this. The Bible has a lot to say about love. Jesus himself said, These things I command you, that you love one another. And of course, in that context, he's talking about believers, those who are his followers. And as believers, and I trust that everyone here tonight has put their faith in Christ, is a believer. We are to love one another. Peter said, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Pure talks about that which is absent of any hypocrisy whatsoever. A real heart. A genuine heart. A sincere heart. And fervently, of course, is intently and earnestly. And the tense of those words is that is to be a perpetual thing in our life. That we're to love each other with a sincere heart. And to love with all of our heart. Fella texted his girlfriend one night and he said, I love you. I'd swim the deepest ocean for you. I would climb the highest mountain for you. I would cross a burning desert for you. If it don't rain, I'll be over to see you tonight. Well, I wouldn't call that fervent love, would you? But nevertheless, as a believer, we are to love one another. Same thing true about husbands and wives. The Bible talks about love. Among husband and wives, you're familiar with the words, husband, love your wives. 
even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. There is to be an affection between a husband and wife. And the context of what Paul clearly indicates is an affection that is expressed. Their actions to our love, even as Christ loved the church in his actions toward us, there's to be actions in our love as we show one another. I would sum it all up in this definition, which connects us to our text. Really, when I talk about love and the kind of love that I am thinking about, it's that kind of love where you say that my heart belongs to someone else. Someone, when we mean that, we say, I love you. And we really mean that. What we are really saying is, this person has captured my heart. This person one day stole my heart. This person stepped into my heart and took up residence there. And they have had a dominant influence in my heart ever since. There are many kinds of love, as you know. But what I'm talking about is the kind of love where someone has so taken a hold of your affections that there's none other that has the hold on you the way this person does. Paul talked about they first gave themselves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. You could say in that statement he was saying someone won their heart. Someone captured their heart. There was someone they loved deeply. Let me apply those words to us tonight in a brief way. First of all, Paul Paul talked about, or these Macedonian believers expressed their love for Paul as seen in the giving of themselves to him. It's quite obvious they loved Paul. He had ministered to them, he had led them to the Lord, and he had captured their heart. He had won their hearts. And they loved him, and the affection they had for him is very obvious. This love, we see a horizontal expression of love. Take each of us here tonight as, as husbands and wives, families. There is that love that is shared between a husband and wife. It's a love that says, there was a day that this young lady captured my heart. Or there was a day this man won my heart. And he or she has taken a place in my heart that is unique to any other love that you know in life. In fact, it's the kind of love that would cause a man and woman to leave father and mother. It's a love that causes a man and woman to forsake all others. It is a love that says, you are my greatest earthly love. It's the kind of love that made you say, I want to live with this person for the rest of my life. Maybe you remember saying something, I take thee, something like this, I take thee to be my 
wedded husband or to be my wife, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, in sickness and in health, and to love and cherish till death do us part. Your heart was so captured by someone that you wanted more than anything else. This is the person you wanted to hold. This is the person that you cherished. This was the person that you wanted to honor and to spend the rest of your life with. And when Paul talked about a husband loving his wife in Ephesians chapter 5, he compared that love to the love that Christ has shown to us, a love that is unequaled, a love in which you have been captured by another, a love that expresses itself. In many Greek words in the Bible translated love, there's phileo, which indicates feelings or our affections. There's philema, which is often expressed with a kiss. But the one that he uses here is agape, agapia, agapio, which speaks of esteeming someone. And it's the kind of love that influences your will and your actions. It's the kind of love that acts on the behalf of someone else as Christ loved us. Everything, did, everything Christ did was for you and me. Every act of his was for our good to bring us to himself. And when he said, love your wives, and the implication is wife loving, loving their husband as well, is that this person has so captured your heart, won your heart, stole your heart, And it is a love that you show and express. Maybe maybe somebody may be like Bill. Bill got thinking one day, you know, I never do anything for my wife. I never buy her flowers. I never take her candy. I've never done anything for her. So on the way home from work, he stopped, bought a beautiful dozen roses, a few other gifts, and took them home. He thought, I am going to surprise her tonight. When he got home, instead of just walking in like he normally do, he rang the doorbell. She opened the doorbell, and there he stood, dozen roses in one arm, other gifts in the other arm. And his wife just stood there staring at him a minute and then just broke down and started bawling. She said, it's been a horrible day. I had a terrible time getting the kids ready for school this morning. The dog turned the garbage cans over and it took me an hour to clean the mess up. And then the washing machine tore up and I have been cleaning up water out of the floor all afternoon. And then when I got in the car to go get groceries, the car wouldn't start. It's been a horrible day. And now you come home drunk. Well, that's, I think for some of us, you would probably feel the same way. 
you'd be so surprised. But there is the one that won our hearts. That young girl or that young man. And you've enjoyed the journey together. They won your heart one day. They captured your heart. It's a horizontal type of love. But then there is a vertical expression of love in what he describes. They not only gave themselves to Paul, but they first gave themselves to the Lord. Oh, blessed day it was when he captured my heart. Oh, glorious day. When he let me see my need and I came to him and he saved me by his grace. Oh, he won my heart that day and he captured my heart that day. And I'm sure he won your heart and captured your heart. And there's no one like him. It's a love that is vertical. It's a love because he won your heart. He captured your heart so much so that you say, Lord, whatever you would want of me, I gladly give it. And whatever you would ask of me, without hesitation, I give it to you. I willingly give it. I gladly give it because why would we do that? Why would this missionary couple leave family and go thousands of miles across the ocean to only see their family every three, four, five years? Why would they do that? Why would anybody do that? I'll tell you why. It was a day when you met someone that won your heart and captured your heart. And there is no one that means more to you than him, so much so that you'll do anything that he wants and you'll go anywhere he would ask you to go. You willingly do that because you love him. If someone struggles with the will of God, it's, it's really a tattletale of how much they love him. If we don't show love to one another as husband and wife, that's but a tattletale. We really don't love or feel love as we should. And if we argue with God, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I could go there. It's really just telling on us that we don't love him like we should. But if you've ever had him capture your heart, to where your whole life is, is not about religion. It's not even about being a Baptist. Someone asked me one time, what would you be if you were not a Baptist? I said, I'd be ashamed. Well, I mean, but anyway, it's not about being a Baptist. It's all about knowing Him. And living and walking with Him and fellowshipping with Him and knowing him better every day. And when you love him and when he has captured your heart, you'll do whatever he wants you to do. 
They first gave themselves to the Lord. That's a horizontal expression of love. And to Paul, that's a horizontal expression of love. And both of them, they would speak to our heart. And I would simply sum it all up by saying, one, when we think about loving one another, uh, it's obvious as I watched you laugh and listen to everything tonight. You love one another. That's, that's good. That blesses me. I know very little about you as a church, but I learned a lot about you tonight just in your fellowship. I loved what you were doing. I've loved everything that I've seen. I, I have enjoyed it. Uh, honestly, we've missed things like this in our lives, quite different on the reservation, but I've loved it. You love one another. But Lord, deepen our love for one another. Deepen our love for one another as a church body that we love one another. Deepen our love as husbands and wives. As a matter of the years passes, I have found that as the years have passed, that our love, sharing our love, is, is only grown better. And just ourselves, we have grown closer. But ask God, help you to, to deepen the love that you have for one another. And if you haven't done so as a believer, give to him your heart and say to him, Lord, that I might know you. You can be involved and you can have a position in church and really not know him. And you can be very religious and quote Bible verses from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21. You can know how many hairs is on the tail of the horse of Revelation. You can, you can know all of that, but really not know Him. But when you know Him, I can promise you this. He will capture your heart to where no one means more to you than Him. My wife is my greatest earthly love. But there is a love that exceeds even that. And that is the one that won my heart many years ago. If you haven't given him your heart, I would encourage you to do so. Let him capture your heart. And you'll know someone and fall in love with someone that is worth serving. Our Father tonight in Jesus' name. We thank you for seasons of the year like this that cause us to stop and just think about loving one another and showing love, loving each other, most of all, loving you. And may we with the psalmist say, I love the Lord because I ask you to deepen our love for you and for each other. Bless his pastor, his wife, his family. Bless his body believers. It's been a joy to be with them. Help us as we continue to tell the people of Pine Ridge about what you can do in their life if they'll come to you. Thank you again now for these moments. I pray they will be helpful. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, guys.